Blog Talk Radio. Hi there. I'm Mary Eileen Williams at Feisty Side of 50 Radio, and this show is a celebration of baby boomers who are embracing life as we grow older. And one of the greatest lessons of age is a growing awareness of life with all its rich and unexpected challenges and joys. That's where today's guest comes in. Kristen Kaufman is a successful portfolio entrepreneur and a thought leader who founded Alignment Incorporated, which is a company whose mission it is to serve individuals and corporations as they seek alignment within themselves and their organizations. Kristen is also a prolific author, and her latest book is entitled, Is This Seat Taken? No, I Saved It For You. It really is a life-changing read and is part of a trilogy with a powerful lessons learned through the seat and I'm putting seats in quotes, we sit in along the journey. In it, Kristen shares how each of us faces challenges and each event is changing, life-changing actually, and it's how we respond to the event that makes all the difference. I was so profoundly touched by this book. It shares important messages. I am going to stop talking and get straight to our guest. So welcome, Kristen. Oh, thank you. I'm delighted to be here, Eileen. Well, first off, uh, we had a chance to chat. You know already <laughs> from several minutes of gushing at you that this seat really did touch me, or the book, this seat and the book <laughs> really did touch me. And it's filled with uh, thought-provoking examples, life lessons, and mainly from your own eyes growing up and as you became an adult, but you share very freely of yourself. So let's get to you now, and I'd like you to tell us a little bit about the trilogy itself and then maybe especially some of the the things that you share in this final book. Uh, oh, this thank you, thank you. for you. Well, as I was sharing with you before um, we went live, you know, I consider myself a recovering corporate leader. And the first book of the trilogy actually was a compilation of stories of people that I met when I was a global road warrior. And um, I was touched by so many people. It was anyone who comes and sat next to me on the airplane, a bartender, a random encounter in East Berlin before um, the wall came down. And that was the first book, was a compilation of those stories and the people I met and the impact that they had on me. The second book, um, the tie to the first book, was all about late-in-life success stories. And the title of that book is, Is the Seat Taken? It's Never Too Late to Find the Right Seat. And that book actually came to be, Eileen, because so many of my clients um, had awakened you know, late in their careers, um, perhaps they were uber successful in their careers, but they had lost the plot, so to speak, and they were no longer fulfilled, and they thought it was too late to create the life they ultimately wanted. And so I felt called to research stories of people who indeed did recreate the life that they wanted, and they did so late in life. Um, in some cases, you know, post the age of 60, 70, in one case, 87 years of age. And so that book... Um, the irony of that is that when I started to research these people, the tie-in was that every single one of those people had a random encounter late in their life that put them on a trajectory to create the life they wanted. So it was a very serendipitous um, tie-in to the first book. And then this last book, which clearly is by far and away my most vulnerable book, um, is entitled, Is the Seat Taken? No, I Saved It for You. And it is a collection of stories, again, of people and or experiences that I had in my life or that people in my life had had that had a profound impact on me, um, both positively and in some cases very constructively. You know, sometimes our most 
challenging situations are the ones from which we learn the most. And so that's what this third book is about. Well, and speaking of these books, and speaking of, and I'm going to refer back to the second one you'd mentioned about sometimes like a random event or an encounter that that brought, say, like you know, people of maturity into a brand new life that they fell far more in alignment with. What happened with you? Because you you could talk to yourself as being a recovering corporate warrior. How did yes. you start Alignment Inc.? Was there a random encounter or a random event that really pushed you in a new direction? Well, it's interesting that you should say that. I think actually those the stories in that first book were they were all um, I guess signals or um, aha moments that I had over the course of those many years that I was traveling the globe that really fed into my um, decision to leave corporate America. And I will say, you know, I woke up one morning, I can remember it as clear as a bell, um, I was staying in the Sofitel Hotel <laughs> um, in Mini Tonka, and I woke up and I thought to myself, this can't be it. This can't be all there is. And I remember calling my parents, who were at that time still with me, and um, I did what all parents never want their child to do, and that is to quit a job before you have another job, right? I mean, I was always reared, never leave a job unless you have another job. And I remember calling up my parents and saying, you know, I'm resigning. This big executive job is just not doing it for me anymore, and I've been commuting and living in hotels. And their first word out of their mouth was hallelujah. So they knew that, you know, Aww. oftentimes you just know that it's not a fit any longer. And I do think as human beings we evolve and we change, and what worked for us and that perhaps what was in alignment, so so to speak, early in our lives doesn't mean that it's always going to be in alignment. And, you know, my definition of alignment is loving what you do, being good at it, but most importantly having it tied to something greater than yourself. And if any one of those three legs of that stool are out of whack – frankly, you're probably not going to be happy and you're probably not going to be fulfilled and you certainly are not going to be successful because, you know, you're not loving it and you're probably not going to be that great at it if you don't love it, you know. And if it's not tied to something greater than yourself, you're probably going to get burned out because you don't have that inner, that inner drive to continue contributing in that way. Wow, your words are so, I mean, right on as as far as I feel. And then I, it's another thing is if, if you're talking about like a career or something like that, we've kind of lost the word calling. But from those three aspects that you just mentioned, I think you are called to do things. And like you said, you were called yourself to write these books. So oh, it's, it's something that... Yeah, and I, I, you know, that's that's when you know. I, I think alignment comes in when you're called, and and you, you, you know, you fulfill or you follow that call. But you mentioned before, and I, I, I don't want to get super personal right off the top, but this is a personal, <laughs> a very personal book, and and you, you know, you're so open to sharing. But you mentioned that you know these wonderful experiences can be, we can label them as good or bad or challenging or whatever. But you mentioned your parents and you can tell you share very openly in this book that you had some really big life-altering events concerning your parents as you were writing it before, or well, I guess right before you started this book. So share a little bit about that, if you would, please. Right. Well, I was very fortunate. Um, my sister Gretchen and I um, were reared in Hot Springs, Arkansas, which for those of your listeners who are not familiar with Hot Springs, Arkansas, it's sort of like the Bedford Falls, you know, of, of small town southern, southern 
towns. And it was a glorious childhood. And so I was very, very fortunate that my mother and father and sister, um, we are, we were a very, very close family unit. And literally, um, Right after I had begun writing this third book, my father had a very tragic fall, and he passed away very suddenly, um, extremely unexpectedly, and it was incredibly difficult um, because it was out of – it was not in the timing that we thought it would be. And then not too soon thereafter, my mother passed away. And um, so we had two back-to-back losses that were pretty – well, they were – life-changing because I have never married and my sister also is never married so we don't have children Um, and so our family unit went from four to two and so I only have one living relative left on the planet and that's my sister Gretchen so that whole um, uh, evolution of losing your family and becoming what um, I have referred to as an orphan really has shifted my whole perspective on mortality Um, why being so present in the moment is so vitally important. And the beautiful thing about this, Eileen, is that um, because we were so close to our parents, when they passed away, as tragic and as sad as it was, there was a piece that passed all understanding because we had nothing left to say. You know, we we had been so open and so, um, you know, loving toward one another our entire lives. We didn't have any, we didn't harbor any secrets or anything that we hadn't said to them. So, even though it was sad to have them go, there was a piece that passed all understanding because everything that had been said, everything that needed to be to have been said, what had been said, and so there was a peaceful passing, so to speak. Well, and and some of the stories that you include in Is This Seat Taken? No, I saved it for you. Are stories of the angels who came to help you with your mom? And uh, oh gosh, yeah. I, I just thought I got I have goosebumps just talking about it. These these very special people, you recognize them, and you talk about again these encounters that you know may not be you know it may not be meeting the president or some you know your congressperson or whoever, but it's these angels that come into our lives who are really make a difference. Yes, and you know, I'm just an ardent believer that incidental encounters are not incidental at all. Everyone who crosses our path and every experience that we have absolutely unequivocally is happening for a reason. And I believe it's for us to either learn something from those people, perhaps for us to teach something to those people, or most certainly to serve one another and to love one another. And these caregivers that came to look after my mom um, well, they are like family to us. I mean, we have basically adopted them as our sisters, and um, they were unbelievable, Eileen, unbelievable, with and totally in alignment, so to speak, because they loved what they did. They were incredibly good at it, and it most definitely was tied to something greater than themselves, and that was to help Mother navigate that last chapter in her life. And they did so with such grace and um, such purity of intention and um they touched my life forever. That's why they made the book. Well, I, I thought, and then speaking of this book too, it, there are not only stories of inspiration uh, and you know happy stories, and it, you know I like the one about your high school reunion and various things like that. But one of the stories that really touched me too, and you are very open and brave, I think courageous. The story about the birthday party or the birthday gathering, and oh, I don't yes, know. Yes, I call that my Mean Girl chapter. Yes. 
<laughs> well, I don't know how comfortable you feel talking a little bit about that, but, you know, all of us have had those experiences and how wonderful yes. for you to lead the way and kind of share, okay, these things happen. Yes. Well, you know, it's interesting. When I was trying to pull together what I was going to com- uh, include in this book, when I would deliver my keynotes around the world, I always did Q&A, and I would ask the audiences, how would you all feel about um, a chapter about Mean Girls? And mm-hmm. It was unbelievable, Eileen. Every hand went up, yes, you know, it was definitely a topic that they wanted me to cover. And so, yes, I had to get very vulnerable about that chapter because um, we've all had experiences where we've been rejected, where we've been, you know, quote, unquote, voted off the island. Most of the time we will never know why. Um, Ironically, most of the time it has nothing to do with what we did or didn't do. It almost always has something to do with the person or persons that are voting you off the island, right? Right. But as um, you you and I were talking about our Myers-Briggs archetype before the – uh, before the show began, as an INFJ, the operative archetype variable being the F, as a feeler, oh my gosh, I took it to heart. You know, I was it was just crushing, yeah. and um, I began to question everything. You know, what did I do? What did I say? Oh my gosh! And what I learned is that it yes, absolutely, we have to look within, but we may never know, and that's part of that paradox of life that we may never really know. Um, but maybe that is enough not to know and just to become awake, you know, that maybe that was the purpose. I don't – I probably will never know. But that story, um, I had to write that chapter in full transparency, Eileen, about 15 times wow. to get it the way I really wanted it because I didn't yes. want it to appear mean or, you know, bitter. I, I really wanted it to be the learning experience that it was. Well, and I think, too, you know, even even – as spiritual as we hope to be, as open as we hope our hearts to be, as you know, resilient as we want to be, we still have an ego. <laughs> and for those of us, again, these Fs who, you know, Myers-Briggs, and I, I confess to being one of them too big time, that you got to hit in your vulnerable spot. And, and for you to be so open in sharing that and, and, like you say, being able to look at that as, as a growth experience, as a, I may never know the reason, but this happened and, and to include it in the book, I thought that was really something. Oh, well, you know, but my whole purpose is trying to share stories that I think people will relate to. And, you know, as we've talked about, we're in the human condition. So the experiences that I have had are not unique to me. I feel quite certain everyone has had at least one experience in their life where they've been hurt or disappointed or rejected or, and that's why I shared it. Um, because I wanted to be vulnerable, and I wanted to hopefully help somebody else navigate through that. Well, I applaud you for that one. And unfortunately, our time is flying by, which I was worried about, Kristen, because I I could keep you literally for hours. Oh, my goodness. You're conscious of your time, too. But I'm going to ask a couple more questions if you do have the the opportunity to answer them. But the first I want to ask you, and I mentioned it earlier, it was in the foreword. I've never heard what are the ABCs of life or however you want to say it, but the ABCs. I thought that's just great. Yes, um, the ABCs, and I learned this early on in my life, are the things that we have control over. And I was always reared that we don't control what happens to us, but we absolutely can control our response to it. And the ABCs are, and what we have control over are our attitudes, our behavior, and our choices. 
and we don't control anybody else's ABCs, <laughs> darn it, <That's laughs> but we can sure. control our own. And um, it has really served me well, keeping that in mind, because I think, you know, oftentimes we we want to try to exert control over a situation or something that's not going exactly like we would like. And at the end of the day, we don't control any of that. We can just control our own. Well, and speaking of controlling your own, another thing that, again, I, I can gush for hours, but that you that you write about in the book, so at the end of each chapter you ask, I believe it's mostly three questions, I think it's always three questions, that tie back to the story and allow us to kind of think about things that, you know, we, we, we would relate to in that particular instance. But at the end of the book you have a listing of 28 questions, and you give the reader the uh, the the knowledge that, again, the 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 whatever lies within is is what we need to answer it with. You give us respect to ask us the question and have us respond to you know in w- ways that we can think about. So how did you select your questions? Are these things that you use in your in your company and alignment? Yes, yes, and you know they've evolved over time, Eileen. I I began to ask myself those questions, right? And as I was growing and evolving and reinventing myself, because, you know, 15 years ago I jumped off the high board and went out on my own, and I had to get into alignment. I had to drink my own Kool-Aid, so to speak. And the only (laughs) way that we can do that is to seek within. We are not going to get those answers from outside of ourselves. They they might be factored by things that happen to us outside of ourselves, but how we make meaning in the world and how we make meaning in our life is 100% an inside job. And so that, to me, these 28 questions help us to understand what's important to us, what makes us tick, you know, how do we want to contribute, what do we want our lives to look like, and the only person who can really answer that is us. Well, that may be true, and it is a 100% inside job, but, boy, Kristen, you go a long way to helping us discover ourselves. You have oh. a, a website, a number of social media sites. Can you give us at least a couple, or how would you suggest our listeners go ahead and get started in finding out more about you, your work, and, of course, is this seat taken? Oh, that's so nice. Well, my website has um, all of that. So my website is KristenKaufman.com, and that's Kristen with an I. So it's K-R-I-S-T-I-N-K-A-U-F-M-A-N.com. And information on my company, on my books, on my blogs, it's all right there. Well, great. And before we go, do you have any thoughts, any final thoughts you'd like to leave with our audience? Oh, no, just um, you know, blessings over this holiday season and stay present in the moment um, and hug those that are in your life. Hug those that are and, and love on those people that are still with us because what I've learned in the last 18 months is that you, you really never know um, how fragile life is until um, you've experienced it. And so I think that is the one lesson that I would love to leave people, especially during this holiday season, is to – just you know, treasure the time that you have with people and hug your loved ones. Well, on that happy, healthy, uh, happy holiday, uh, and also very profound note, I will have to close. But Kristen, I I can't thank you enough. Uh, it's the books. Uh, is this cease taken? I mean, you really recognize that each of the encounters and events in our lives mean something, and it's like you said, we live by the ABCs and. The job is an inside job, but, boy, these books can help us really uncover who we are inside. So thank you for your time again. 
Oh, thank you so much, Eileen. It's absolutely been my pleasure, and I hope you have a blessed holiday season. Well, thank you back at you. And for all of you listeners out there, I believe it's time we boomers take pride in all of our accomplishments, our glorious maturity, and celebrate who we are in all of our fullness over this holiday season especially, just like Kristen suggests we do. So go out there and show the world just how feisty, fabulous, and festive a woman over 50 can be. This is Mary Eileen Williams at Feisty Side of 50 Radio, saying I'll catch you next time. Bye-bye.